This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Hey, Equity Mates, we're excited to be bringing you the latest episode of Buy or Sell with Adam Kiley. A quick reminder before we get started, whilst we are licensed, we're not aware of your personal financial circumstances. This show is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Any advice is general advice. Make sure you're doing your own research. We want to hear if you're enjoying these episodes, if we should be making more of them with Adam. So please send your feedback into contact at equitymates.com. We'd love to hear what you think. Buy it! Buy it now! Hold it! Sell, 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 sell. Hello and welcome or welcome back to a little place we call the No Holds Bar with me, Adam, host of Comedian vs. Economist podcast and widely regarded as one of the simplest minds in finance. Uh, hey, this is our last episode in the limited six-part series we're running this year. Uh, I've really loved bringing it to you, uh, and if you've enjoyed it and want to see more next year, then leave a comment uh, or hit us up at contact at equitymates.com. Uh, but for the final time this year, I'm joined by an expert to educate me and hopefully you on how they're thinking about stocks and the stocks they're thinking about. It's rapid fire though, buy or sell. We're going to rip through as many stocks as we can in the time we've got, and we will put our money where our mouth is, tracking each stock on the Equity Mates website. It's already making some interesting readings, so uh, if you haven't seen it already, be sure to check that out. Uh, and remember, this isn't a deep dive, uh, but hopefully it gets you thinking. You can continue the journey on the Equity Mates website. Plenty of resources there. You'll find the tracker for this show along with the Find a Company page where you can get more info on each of the companies. But today, I have been looking forward to this one for a while. I'm really excited to be joined by Andrew Brown, Executive Chair at E72 Dynasty Trust. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Adam, nice to be here. Great, lovely to have you here on the show. Uh, I have been looking forward to this one, but before we get started, Andrew, uh, we are in the No Holds Bar, and I do like to offer each of my guests uh, the opportunity for a drink before we get started. Uh, we have a signature cocktail today. It's the Nasdaqery, uh, which uh, is... <laughs> 
<laughs> quite a tasty number, but what can I get for you, Andrew? Oh, I'm going to avoid the Nasdaqery uh, in, in, a, <laughs> in a big way, and I'm saving you money, Adam. Oh, really? I was going to go for the 17-year-old Hibiki Japanese whiskey, but that's about 1,200 a bottle, so I'll just, okay. I'll just trade down to the Hibiki Harmony. That's 200. 200, perfect. Uh, Hibiki, that's the Suntory. It's Suntory time. It's, it's one of the Suntory brands. It's a, it's a blended whiskey as opposed to a single right. malt or whatever. But uh, I'd advise yeah. all the watchers and listeners to get into Japanese whiskey because it won't be around in uh, too many years' time. There's, oh, a, really? there's a raging supply shortage of Japanese whiskey and they're mixing in all kinds of nasty Scottish blends. Ah, right. So so it could be, a, is this a buying opportunity potentially as well to lock away some Japanese whiskey now? And... It's only doubled in price in about the last three years, so there you go. <laughs> I think it's Stop the show right here. There's your first buy recommendation. Uh, perfect. All right, we have got some stocks to get through, Andrew, uh, and we're going to start by looking at the ProShares Short Triple Q ETF, Nasdaq PSQ, currently trading at ten dollars eleven, an inverse Nasdaq ETF. Does that make it an FTE? Uh, sorry, it's a poor joke to start with. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's an inverse ETF, which means you benefit when the underlying index that it tracks goes down, okay? And I think the NASDAQ is an asset bubble at the moment. 44% uh, of NASDAQ is seven stocks, a magnificent seven. Basically, they were, you know, the index has been rebalanced to actually reduce that percentage by 10%. But the key thing is these are not homogenous comp companies. You know, Apple is tracking nowhere in particular without new product launches. Great cash flow, but at 30-odd times earnings, it's really expensive. Really, of the seven stocks, there are two going extremely well, which is NVIDIA, obviously, because of the chips. And also Microsoft is growing really quite nicely in contrast to its other sort of obvious cohorts of Google. Meta's just recovered, you know, really from where it was at the end of 2021 by cutting costs. You know, revenue is growing. All right. So the NASDAQ inverse ETF is a buy for you, which is effectively a sell. I like it. It's a buy and a sell straight up. Absolutely. They're buying it. Next up, we are looking at Magellan Financial Group, ASX MFG, currently uh, trading at $7.39. Andrew, have you been drinking too much of that fine uh, whiskey? Most uh, people think I have, actually, when I talk about this company. <laughs> um, buy, buy, hold, or sell for you. This is a hold. It's a hold, okay. Okay, MFG is really simple, okay? It's a very misunderstood company. Uh, its main business is funds management, $35 billion of global equities managed in Australia. Uh, obviously, that's come way down from over $100 billion of funds under management. Uh, so they've had a lot of issues with performance. Uh, it's really a retail fund manager now. In other words, the clients are mums and dads rather than major superannuation funds. But that, in my opinion, only makes up 35 40% of the value of the company because they have $300 million of cash. They have $400 million worth of investments in their own uh, funds, uh, and then they have a 36% stake in Baron Joey, Australia's ah. most talked about investment bank. <laughs> um, and I think Baron Joey wants to get rid of Magellan off their register. So I, I have a valuation for the company uh, is sort of in the mid eights. And I think there's lots of catalysts to get there. And so yeah, it's it's not going to give you a plus 50% return, but there's a nice, easy return there with some options. So that's why it's a hold rather than screaming by. Magellan Financial Group. 
All right, next up, we are looking at Catapult Group International, ASXCAT, currently trading at $1.25. And just like any good footy team, Catapult is getting repeat entries here at the No Holds Bar. This is the second time we've had this one. Is it a buy or a sell for you, Andrew? Uh, I hate the fact it's up 13% today as we're speaking, but anyway, we'll keep the buy. Why, okay. why is it a buy? Okay, this this is something, I'm sorry, I'm going to be really insulting here. Brilliant, I love it. Australians do not understand, okay? When your primary sports in winter are two sports that nobody else in the world plays, <laughs> namely AFL and rugby league, okay, how do you understand that Arsenal pay West Ham United 116 million euros for one player, Declan Rice. If you have a 116 million euro player, are you going to let a bloke with a flat cap and a clipboard <laughs> look after him? No. You are going to use technology to measure absolutely everything about him. And Catapult is basically one of the global leaders in uh, performance and health, which is basically measurement. They're the trackers that they wear on the, the players wear on their backs, right? Yeah, they're the, they're the trackers, but it's I mean a tracker is obviously a peanuts, but it's what that you what what you do with the data that's key, and then the other side to things is basically tactics and coaching, and this is where AI comes in, of course. So where you can plot the play, then basically you can use AI and you can use all the data to say, hey, the next play should be on third down and ten, the next play should be whatever. So these guys are global leaders in it the market cap is the equivalent of 205 million us dollars that's chicken feed compared to you know things that have changed number one the valuation of sports teams has gone nuts secondly player sales have gone nuts thirdly football which they need to get more and more into but they do have man city and chelsea it's unique because you buy the asset and you can trade the asset. You can't do that in NFL and everything else. There are transfer fees. And then fourthly, the acquisition of SBG in June 2021, they're the guys that do all the F1 measurements. I love these guys. They're just turning cash flow positive. So, But the runway for them is just enormous. Huge. All right. I'm looking also forward to seeing ChatGPT win the Manager of the Month award uh, in the Premier League. Absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Knock off Ange Postacoglu with, with his, what was it, th- three in a row? Uh, as as yeah. you well know, Adam, winning the Manager of the Month award is the kiss of death. And Ange has <laughs> won it three times in a row and hasn't won a game since. That's right. So there you go. Uh, very good. So Catapult is a buy. I'll buy that. All right, next up, we are looking at Commonwealth Bank of Australia, ASX, CBA, well-known stock, uh, currently trading at $103.36. Another repeat entry, actually. We had this one once before. Andrew, uh, CBA, buy or sell for you? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going against the grain here. It's a sell. Okay. Okay. It's the world's most expensive bank, pretty much. Uh, You know, it is a brilliantly run institution. Let's let's get that absolutely straight. This is all about valuation and forward-looking. 17 times PE, which is way more than any other banks. That's twice the PEs of US banks. Um, I think the environment in Australia for banking is going to be really, really tough over the next two or three years. We know the consumer is under enormous pressure uh, just about in every respect. Their wages are too low. Inflation is 5% plus. We have an asset bubble in residential property, which means that the core that this bank stands on is massively overinflated in, in price. 
their margins, I think, are going to start getting squeezed. It's going to be hard for them to actually uh, grow mortgages because basically nobody's going to qualify for a mortgage. Uh, so I just think it's going to be really, really tough. And, and the option is that you get a real asset deflation and that those bad debts really start to increase. So I think their profit growth is going to be extremely hard to come by. But uh, I think it's uh, ravidly overpriced despite the fact it's run extremely well. All right. Great to sell. You mean sell it? Sell it. That's an idea. All right, next up, we're looking at Endeavor Group Limited, ASX EDV, currently trading at $4.96. They actually supplied a lot of what you see here in the No Holds Bar. Uh, and, and if you keep buying $1,200 bottles of whiskey, Andrew, then uh, I think they're, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Is this a buy or a sell for you from Endeavor Group? Uh, for the same reason that CBA is a sell, Endeavor Group's a screaming buy because when all else fails, you just go have a beer <laughs> and then another one. Um, market cap's about $9 billion. Okay, the stock is down from $8.32. It's currently just in the high fours, as you say. P of about 16 and a half. Uh, this company owns Australia's best retailer, Dan Murphy's. Yeah. Uh, there's 266 Dans out there. There's 1,400 BWSs. They manage 350-ish hotels, and they own about 60 of them. Um, this is a group which is really opaque. If you're an investment analyst, don't get your boss to have you cut your teeth on this because they tell you nothing. Yeah. Why? The reason they tell you nothing, embedded within the company is a $1.7 billion turnover wine business, which is a completely integrated wine business from one of the biggest wineries in Australia, Dorian Estate in the Barossa Valley, uh, the biggest packager of wine in Australia, Vinpack, and a whole bunch of brands, things like Kate Mintel they own, uh, Riddick they own, uh, Oak Ridge they own, and they just don't tell you about it and they don't give you the numbers to break that out because it's all hidden in retail in amongst the Dan Murphys and the BWS. The negatives on it obviously have been poker machine reform, you know, because all those, those hotels have got pokies in. I think it's really too cheap. It's the sort of environment that Endeavour should do well in. You know, if you can't afford to go to, you know, high-end restaurants, you will go to the pub for a, you know, $10, $20 snitty and a beer. Okay, mm. so I, I think even if I can, even if I can afford to go to a high-end restaurant, I'm still going to the pub for a snitty and a absolutely. beer. Absolutely, <laughs> and they run it really well. The management is really, really good. They're amazing. They've dominated liquor retailing. They've killed coals in it stone dead. So I actually love them, and and you know they're they're now you know a fraction of the price that they were. It was spun off from Woolworths in 2021. Woolies still own about eight percent of it. So I think it's really good value at these prices. Love it. Let me buy you a beer. All right, let's take a break here. Uh, stick around. After the break, there's many more stocks to come, including Andrew's big call. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. You're on Buy or Sell with me, Adam, and I'm joined by Andrew Brown, Executive Chair at E72 Dynasty Trust. Uh, it's Suntory time here, and we've got more stocks to get through, Andrew. Uh, starting with Aircap Holdings, uh, New York Stock Exchange. I like that. Uh, AER, currently $67.54, the world's largest airplane leasing company. If rental cars have taught us anything, surely this is a bad idea. All I can picture is the co-pilot just egging on the pilot to push it harder because it's a lease vehicle. Um, is, Andrew, is, is Aircap a buy or a sell for you? It's actually a hold, Adam, and, it, and it's, it's, it's my other side of the holds, which is I want the share price to come down so I can buy it. It is the world's largest aircraft lessor. It has 1,733 planes, to give you an idea. 48% of the planes that you fly on are leased. Okay, they're not owned by the airline; they're actually leased. And these guys, these guys are kind of like number one, two, three, and four. They are so dominant; it's not funny. Thirteen point seven billion U.S. market cap, which is twenty-one billion Aussie. Uh, look, the story here is really simple. In November twenty twenty-one, so post-COVID, so don't forget these guys went to a standstill. You know, in COVID, there were no planes flying and none to lease. They were the biggest player. They bought out the second biggest player which was called GCAS, which was General Electric uh, Aviation Services. And they bought it for 30 billion US dollars, but a lot of stock. And GE ended up owning 45% of their stock. Literally last week, they sold the last of their shares. That's been holding the share price down. The story is really simple. The stock's on less than seven times PE. You can't get a new plane if you want one. New aircraft deliveries are miles behind the timetabling. They're only delivering about half what they were in 2018. Okay, this is Boeing who've had issues, as you well know. Uh, you know, it's seven three seven. Is that is that still the COVID sort of remnants of the COVID supply shortage, or is that absolutely? Yeah, this is the one place where I mean, most other supply chain issues have been worked through. This is one area they haven't. So, if you're an airline wanting to start up, or you're an airline wanting to expand, you've got to get a plane. Where do you get a plane from? You get it from AirCap. Yeah, so it's it's almost a monopoly. I was amazed the deal was allowed to go through, to be honest. But anyway, it was. It's brilliantly run. The management is sensational. So it's listed in New York. It's actually run out of Dublin uh, for reasons to do with TAX. Yes. <laughs> no surprises why it's run out of That's Dublin. That's right. But if it comes back a bit, book value is about 80 bucks. If it comes back, I want it below about 60 and then I'll get interested again. Okay. That's a hold. Hold it right there. <laughs> All right, next up, we're looking at Vivendi uh, on the Paris Stock Exchange, uh, EPA VIV, currently $8.82. And I was looking at Vivendi's shareholder page on their website, and it just has pictures of Lamborghinis. So that was pretty much the conclusion of my thesis right there. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Andrew, what's your take on Vivendi? Okay, Vivendi is the bottom of the chain of a company called Bollore, B-O-L-L-O-R-E, which I've written about extensively. It's basically 9 billion euro company, so 15 billion Aussie. It's a media conglomerate, and I mean conglomerate. It's got all kinds of shareholdings in other companies, the biggest of which by a mile is it owns 10% of Universal Music Group, which is the world's biggest owner of recorded music. Oh, right. uh, they have a partnership, whatever that means, with some chick called Tay-Tay. <laughs> oh, my God, who is she? So the 10% of UMG is worth 4.4 billion euros alone. 
Uh, they got to 60% of a company called Lagardere, the, the world's third largest book publisher and also the world's second largest travel retail business. It owns Replay when you go to the airport and fight, pay $5 for a Mars bar. Um, so um, the likelihood is that there'll be some asset sales in there. There's a very strong chance Vivendi will be acquired by its parent at some stage because it's so cheap. And its two core businesses that produce 100% cash flow back to the company are Havas, which is one of the world's leading ad agencies, and uh, Canal Plus, the leading free-to-air in France, plus owns Studio Canal, which is obviously a film producer and everything else. There's a load of options as to what Vivendi can do, selling off some of its investment assets. Uh, they're looking at a thing called MultiChoice, which is Africa's largest pay TV business. So there's a lot of sort of moving parts in Vivendi, but the key is the core cash flow trades at, in my opinion, less than 1.2 times enterprise value to EBIT. So real cheap. That's a buy. That's a that's a screaming buy. Let's break open the piggy bank. Screaming buy. I like it. I like it. You're screaming around our Lamborghinis. Uh, speaking of Lamborghinis, uh, we're going to look at Coinbase Global, NASDAQ uh, coin, C-O-I-N, currently $115.54. Uh, Andrew, crypto, it's more Lamborghinis. Uh, what are we looking at here with Coinbase? Well, I've given you two asset bubbles so far, which is NASDAQ mega stocks, property in Australia, and this is the third, which is crypto. Uh, it's basically 27 billion US market caps of 42 billion Aussie. Um, obviously, I've been uh, you know, a bear about crypto because it's got no intrinsic value. Oh, you should you should talk to my brother, the economist. He's very much on your side. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I, I, I know there's <laughs> others, other sides of the coin. I, I think it's become increasingly clear that crypto does actually have some very, very significant mm. uses. They're called drug dealing, <laughs> financing terrorism. Uh, Don't forget cybercrime. All kinds of things like that. <laughs> and cybercrime. Well, and yeah, this is the this is the key listed exchange. So the bull case for it's been that you're going to have crypto ETFs. Uh, but I think the bear case is, as you're seeing with the ongoing investigation of uh, Binance, that, that basically there'll be more and more regulatory crack, crackdowns on this stuff, particularly as people realise it has no logical use at all, you know, other than basically, you know, dark things. And so, you know, uh, Coinbase makes most of its money from interest, to be blunt. It doesn't make money. You know, the transaction side of things has gone down dramatically. You know, the fact is people have actually lost interest in Bitcoin, despite the price going up, shows you how manipulated it is. It still makes no money, you know, I, I think basically, you know, down the track as the steam comes out of some of these asset bubbles, that's one. And so that's that's an obvious sell to me. It's a sell. All right. I would not touch these stocks even with a 10-foot pole. Okay, next we're looking at Virtu Financial uh NASDAQ VIRT, currently $18. Uh, Andrew, the only news article I found of interest to me was that they got sued by the SEC in September. Yes, they did. Which, always a good sign, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity, right? Absolutely. No, virtue, virtue in the SEC, it's kind of like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. You know, they just keep going at it. Um, look, virtue is, um, if, if have you seen the film Dumb Money, Adam? Oh, I don't think I have, Yeah, no. okay. Uh, I'm sure many of the... Watchers have seen Dumb Money, which is obviously about the GameStop uh, situation. Okay. So if you've seen that, there's uh, one of the guys on it, uh, the guy who heads up Citadel, 
uh, Ken Griffin is portrayed really appallingly, actually. So, uh, <laughs> now, Citadel are the largest market maker in America. What that means is that they do actually buy trades from Robinhood, Interactive Brokers and others. Um, so Virtue are number two behind Citadel, and they get away with no mention at all in the movie. Um, <laughs> the, the reason they can do it is there's 16 exchanges in the US, and what they do is they buy orders from interactive brokers and they put a buyer and a seller together inside the what's called national best bid and offer spread. So they benefit from, number one, high volume. So they made a fortune when the GameStop thing was on. And number two, wide spreads. They like the spread between the big and off bid enough to be wide. It's usually wider when markets are volatile. So they made their best ever money, obviously, in March 2020. Uh, on average per month, the company makes well, the company makes about four and a half million US dollars a day in trading profit. Uh, but that's only about a third of what they were making at their peak. Uh, and the shares traded about eight times their current earnings. So the stock is 60% owned by one guy. Um, so um, it's a three billion US market cap. Um, I think it's a fantastic antidote, if you will, to the coin bases of the world. Okay, so you know they they benefit from speculative zeal, virtue benefit from sheer panic. Yeah. <laughs> so if there if there's a real dislocation in markets, virtue is the kind of thing that wins out. All right, that's that's a buy for you. All right, it is now time for the big call. Andrew, we are looking at Ocado Group on the London Stock Exchange, OCDO, currently $571.80. Pence, pence, mate. Oh, pence, pence sorry. Mate, not dollars. <laughs> uh, grocery technology company. We are a long way now from the corner stores and pints of milk, aren't we, Andrew, in the grocery we, space? We are indeed, Adam. We are indeed. So what does Ocado what, what do? What does Ocado do? All, all kinds of things you don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Okay, it's a fallen angel, okay? The stock got to 28 quid a share, and as you said, it's about 5 quid 70 now. Market cap's about 4.7 billion quid or 9 billion Aussie. Okay, it is the world's leader by a mile in smart platforms for grocery retailing. In other words, it's the guys that use completely automated warehouses uh, to basically pick grocery baskets for online grocery retailing for major retailers, some in the UK like Morrison's, and increasingly they're setting up centres, fulfilment centres overseas, particularly in America for Kroger Company, and they're the guys that Coles have done a deal with but is yet to really get off the ground. They should have about 46 fulfillment centres around the world up and running uh, inside the next 18 months. The way they get paid is they take 5% of the uh, sales volume of those centres. And you may think, my God, how can they do that when Woolworths only makes 4% margins? Well, of course, what they're doing is uh, they're taking away a lot of the cost base of the retailer itself. So margins for the retailer go up. It's really smart technology that's been applied uh, to grocery retailing. It's clearly got applications everywhere else. It's these things where you see robots whizzing around on a grid uh, effectively and then and then they're picking uh, items and they can do it basically at less than one third of the time that a human 
even a very, very well-trained human. Even a human on rollerblades, Andrew, even as we've seen on Amazon. Rollerblades, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. even, a, even a Wayne Gretzky on an icy floor, yeah. So they do it so much better, so much cheaper. They don't make money. And one of the reasons they don't make money is they have their own retail operation, which is a joint venture with Marks and Spencer. Uh, so they own 50% of that. Next year, that will be sold because Marks and Spencer love it and it will be an arrangement with Ocado, obviously, to you know to run the logistics side of it as well. That will give them money. It will get some of their debt down. So it's a non-profitable company at the moment. It's got quite a bit of debt. But, and here's some learning for everyone out there, one name you have heard of, one you probably haven't. The most recent buyer of this stock in volume uh, has been Lingotto Asset Management that you've probably never heard of, but it's a subsidiary of Exor. The other guy you've never heard of, probably, he's 77 years old. His name is Nick Roditi, R-O-D-I-T-I. Uh, he is a serious under-the-radar investor. He's been in this thing since before it IPO'd. Okay, and he's still there, ridden out the cycle up to 28 quid and back down. Hasn't sold a share. He owns 14% of the company. So I love the fact you've got smarts uh, on the register. Uh, and, you know, the register is about sort of 50% owned by about five five institutions and smart investors. All right. Okay, perfect. Uh, so that sounds like a scre- another screaming buy, Andrew. Can we call it that? Uh, it's it's real robotics. It's real AI in action, not not theory. It's real. It's there. It's doing it. It seems like groceries and and kind of perishable goods may not be even its forte. Like I would think something that's it has a long shelf life can sit there in a big warehouse is better suited, right? I think you're absolutely spot on, Adam. Absolutely right. So the applications for this down the track, I think, are unbelievable. And the key thing is they're focusing on the tech now rather than the retail. All right, awesome. Uh, Andrew, that's it. That's the end of the show. Uh, massive thank you to you for, for joining me. Uh, it's been a, a great show. Uh, where can people find you if they're interested in following you, Andrew, your thoughts? Uh, they can they can follow me. They can follow me at, at Abron Investor, A-B-R-O-N Investor, on Twitter. They can follow me at uh, East72Dynasty on Twitter. That's much more focused on the Dynasty Trust and at east72.com.au. So you can follow me there in terms of what we're doing and what we're looking at and what we are. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, And if you'd like to hear more from me, uh, there's a new episode of Comedian versus Economist dropping every Wednesday wherever you get your pods. Uh, As I mentioned, this is the end uh, or the final buy or sell for this year. Uh, If you've enjoyed it, and I hope you have, then let us know. Contact at equitymates.com. Uh, it's just like when I had to pitch Comedian versus Economist, Bryce and Ren actually have a replica of the set of Shark Tank uh, in the, the basement in their office in Sydney for people to pitch new podcast ideas. So any support you can give me, I can I can include in my pitch. Uh, be much appreciated. That is it for us. Uh, we will hopefully be back next year, but I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining me on Buy or Sell. And thank you to you, Andrew. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, my real pleasure, Adam. It's been great. Okay, we'll see you next time. It's bye for now. 
You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.